right now with some music. <laughs> By the way, Nick, if you're watching, go ahead and call in, man. All right, so we're back. And this is again the Richard Rance Show, and this is the second half of my show from 11-11. 11-11-20, a beautiful day, wonderful day. So I am just overjoyed, and I am about to welcome the guest for the second half of my show, and that will be Lisa Grace, and I am inviting her to call in now. And I just typed for her to call in, so I will look forward to seeing her. Well, actually, unfortunately, we won't see her because she's going to be calling in, and here she is. Hello, Lisa. Hi, Richard. Hi. Thank you again for rejoining me for, I believe this is your third visit to the Richard Rance Show. Yeah, I'm becoming a regular. This is awesome. Thank you for that. I am. Yeah, thank yeah. you for the invitation to come chat again. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. And I was, uh, I was doing a bit of ranting earlier. As my name, I did catch some of it this time. I found you. Ah, thanks, thanks. It's it's funny. I ranted for ten minutes today before I realized I had not started my Facebook Live, and so the first oh, ten that's minutes. What happened? Yeah, that's why I didn't start at five o'clock, and so my first ten minutes were lost um, to the Facebook Live, but uh, they were recorded on my podcast, which I'll be posting later. So you can always catch up on that if you wanted to. Okay. And, but part of my rant was that I was glad that I was bringing on a voice of compassion for the second half <laughs> yeah. of my show, because sometimes I will verge over to a side where I may not be that compassionate to people that I think are so wrong. Yeah, yeah, and the further practice is, can you have compassion for yourself when you do that? <laughs> yes, and thank you for bringing that up. extremely challenging. It is, it is, and also, however, sometimes, yes, you're right. We should always have compassion for people, although, I mean, even even the worst of us, right? We, there, there is a way that you find compassion even for the worst criminals and the worst abusers, if I'm not mistaken. Tell me about that. Hmm. Yeah, I think we talked about this some on my first visit of mm -hmm. the practice of yeah. listening for the positive intention. Yes. And, well. and that's kind of hard to grasp when what you're seeing is the the strategies that get employed that come across as very violent and hateful yeah. in any of these situations. Right. And uh, so uh -huh. it's really the practice of being able to feel beneath those strategies to what is being protected, what is being fought for I see. by this human. Right. 
Okay. And they've just chosen that this is the way they need to go about it, unfortunately. So for for the sake of argument, whether the positive intentions of Donald Trump. Now, Donald Trump is complex because I believe he is very narcissistic. Yes. Um, the, the clinical term floated around is malignantly narcissistic. Right. Uh, so he really is out for himself. And it's kind of amazing to me that people don't see that. You know, there's a, a huge part of the country that he's tapped into in a way that they really believe that he has seen them and he is fighting for what they find important. And it's that uh, they believe that they need a bully in their corner. So they're getting that. Um, but I really feel the compassion for him in the desperation. In, I mean, his wounds are so apparent. And it's not really a joke, but I hear people reference all the time his relationship with his father. Well, yeah. I can see is a man who was just so wounded and desperate for attention and approval. Right. He was a boy who was was wounded. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So now what we have playing out is the best that a four or five-year-old maybe could come up with to handle his pain Mm -hmm. playing out in a man who has been inexplicably handed the reins of the entire country. Well, he, yeah, I mean, he fought for it. Um, he used he used every means at his disposal to do it. And um, despite the fact that he's an abhorrent person and he's really not that smart, he has a, a handle on how to manipulate the public. He's, he really he's, is gifted, <laughs> i got to say. Yeah, he's savvy yeah. about that. Yeah, and just an amazing instinct. Um, yeah. When you watch him work the crowds at his rallies, mm-hmm. right. uh, he's really good at it. I mean, if he were a stand-up comedian, <laughs> he would be one of the most successful stand-up comedians ever. It's just, again, it's really frightening that people have translated that into the highest office in the land. Yeah. Yeah. And, but you know, I, okay. Okay. Yeah. You did, you did show me how to show compassion, compassion for that abused little boy, you know, that, that, uh, yeah, that, that is. Okay. And even dealing with all the Trump supporters of watching just, the immense fear and upset that they're dealing with. And I really feel for them because they have been manipulated. Yeah. And the supporters are a little bit different. Like I can more clearly see a compassion for the supporters because I can see that they are in fear. They're running on fear and they have been manipulated and fear is maybe the best tool to manipulate people. Yeah. 
very effective. Yeah. Um, and, and Trump knows it. Oh, yeah. And, you know, my, my theory, and I'm not a psychologist, but you are, right? Are you a psychologist? Yeah. yeah. I, I'm not a licensed psychologist. I studied psychology and lots and lots of trainings and things like neurolinguistic programming. Yeah, yeah. And that's interesting because Trump uses the re reverse of neurolinguistic programming. Oh, or... oh, he is trained in, in NLP. Oh, okay. Yeah. So NLP, neurolinguistic programming, is a tool that is used by therapists to yeah. um, you can NLP you can tell me got a lot of its fame from the pickup artist movement so that's oh like interesting i didn't know that trump knows wow that's really something so actually it, it doesn't come from a from a uh it comes from a tradition of manipulation psychiatric psychological manipulation of people for um, the benefit it can of somebody definitely be used that way because it's kind of it's understanding the way that people tick enough to to mess with it and my training is from nlp marin in mm -hmm. marin county california and that system has been developed by carl brookite who has is just a wonderful human and the way that he teaches it you literally can't do the practice if you're trying to manipulate it because if you're not just absolutely present with the person and framing all of the practices around what what they want then it's not going to work because just the whole framework is about reaching their subconscious and releasing it and completing old stories and, and assisting them in getting in reaching what they want. Right. Because, themselves. yeah, great. Yeah. So that's because what you're trying to achieve in your session is a healing for the um, person that you're speaking with. Yeah. Yeah. It is considered a healing modality. I guess it's, um, you know, healing implies that there's something broken or, well, so some people shy away from that. Mm -hmm. it's, it's really what makes NLP so effective is like we were talking about the little boy and Trump. Yeah. And so they are literally uh, kind of interventions that you can go back and teach the child a different way, a different possibility mm -hmm. now with the adult resources that are available. So when mm -hmm. a traumatic experience or a lesson was decided by a four-year-old that has been guided the rest of your life, yeah, you know you can go back and and reprogram that literally. You're right. Wow. But that's because you're coming at it from a beneficial perspective, where your goal is to help the person. Yeah. rather than to manipulate the person for your own benefit. <laughs> right. Um, but if, if someone fell to the dark side of this practice, which many do, then they would misuse it to simply manipulate other people for their own benefit, rather than for the benefit of the person they're speaking with. Yeah. 
Because the, the first thing that NLP teaches is about recognizing like kind. And so if you can connect with people in a way that gives them any sense of safety or comfort, then their subconscious is going to respond better to that. It's going to, their, their critter brain will calm down and let it in. And so I think that's why it's kind of mind blowing that for some people, Trump has that code completely down. And for others of us, you know, I can't listen to him say a few words without it feeling like nails on a chalkboard. Oh, I hate watching him talk. Yeah. But interesting, you use the term critter brain, which is not a, a technical term, but it um, I, that's something I talk about a lizard brain in my non non psych yeah in my non psychological analysis of this and fear is the lizard brain is sort of the it's a primitive brain that is not our rational thinking brain it's kind of goes back to our instincts and understands fear and anger right yes. but it doesn't yeah. understand so it, some of the it, it doesn't think right so it doesn't understand sort of the finer um, emotions and thoughts. And that in my non-professional analysis is where these Trumpists are getting hit. And that's why they do not respond to ration, rational thought. They don't respond to, to facts and rational argument because I don't know who I'm quoting here, but it's hard to dissuade someone rationally from a position that they did not arrive at rationally. Right. Yeah, that is a lot of what's going on. It's appealing to the wrong part. And that's why I kind of appeal, plead with people that are having regular contact with Trump supporters to just try listening. And I, a lot of people really bristle at that. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. why should I give space to their hateful message? Mm -hmm. And of course, mm -hmm. I want to reiterate that I'm not telling people that they should do anything. I'm not telling them that they should extend energy, more energy than they have available or put themselves in a position where they feel unsafe. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just saying for the people who have the space, and the security that to just try listening because that is what it's going to take to calm some of those critter brains down. Right. And, you know, if, if you are perceiving an emergency, if somebody comes in and says, no, you're wrong, that emergency doesn't exist. Shut up. You're not going to calm down. Right. No, you're, you're going to fight harder. And that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. How does that fit in with the people who say that if you are an ally, then you need to speak up when you see something abusive happen? So don't stand by if someone is being misogynistic or racist or aggressive towards someone else. Um, you need not allow them to harm someone else with their negative speech or, or threats. Right. 
So is there a, you know, a line there where there's no longer time to give space? Kind of like there's a line of free speech where, you know, you have free speech I mean, until you, If you, you know. are watching somebody being assaulted, <laughs> again, it's back to noticing how much safety or security you feel and if you're able to step in and I, I want to take away any dogma or shoulds. Yeah. No, um, totally. Yeah. It's just the, the, the point of allyship is like I can recognize that I'm uh, an attractive white woman and so I have my privileges that come with that. I know mm -hmm. for a fact that I have stepped into the middle of bar fights and, and broken up racist or aggressive situations that's awesome bec because the men didn't want to hurt me right and as soon as i was there and i could give them a look and they felt shame and they they quieted down and backed off and yeah i know that i have that and mm -hmm. i also have a, a very strong inherent sense of safety that i'm willing to use i'm willing to cash it in in those moments yeah well, that's good, and 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 someone else might have another way uh, because maybe they're big and intimidating, so they could step in and stop a bar fight too. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, exactly. But that's what just it's noticing, noticing what's in the bank for you. <laughs> you know. Right. And, and what you're able to spend, and and so yes, there there is that that kind of is talking about hate speech. Uh, one yeah. thing that had me very sad today was seeing some of the, the, the surge that parlor is having. Oh, terrible. Parlor I didn't, I never even heard about it, but I just, new yeah. Social network. Yeah. And I actually, um, yeah, you know, in some ways I, I don't even feel like I want to post about this stuff because when I do that, I'm actually yeah, in a way spreading it, right? I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was agreeing with you. Like, um, it just amplifies that yeah. it exists. Right. So, no need to post about it. Yeah. Um, it's just, I'm seeing some conservative friends <laughs> post that they are migrating over there and everybody is the conservative crowd is kind of worked up about that. It's a place to go where free speech is allowed. Isn't that like 4chan? It's, just, it's another big echo chamber. Yeah. And of hate. it's the last thing that the country needs right now. And it's not even that I want to just label it as hate. It's that it creates an environment where it's homogenized. And mm -hmm. so the messages that are in there are just going to get louder and more dug in. Right. But that's, that's really problematic. That's the last thing we need. That's nothing new. I mean, we've had 4chan and 8chan already. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's already been happening. And it's very much feeling like those platforms, but even on a more mainstream scale. Hmm. Well, that's unfortunate when um, posting about violence against people, you know, violence against liberals, right? Hatred of liberals mm. is something that they like to talk about, which is 
you know, liberals are people with compassion. That's that's what so differentiates. I have, I have yeah. It, Tell me. Um, because in my practice of working with shadow and working with the subconscious, it's very much about working with polarities and projections. Mm. And it, though I can notice my personal bias, uh, I also know that it is a sign of blind spots or shadow material when anyone is pointing the finger and saying, it's all over there. It's all the other that is presenting this particular kind of human expression. Yeah, I wasn't saying yeah. that, but you know, go ahead. Yeah, so when I see that occurring, it, it just needing to take a little check mm -hmm. on what the polarity and projection is that's happening there. Well, you brought up uh, a a um, chat board site that is full of people in an echo chamber that yeah. are telling each other messages of violence and anger. And uh, is that a projection? Um, the concept of projection doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. It's sometimes we notice things more loudly on other people than we are aware of them in ourselves. So it really is a, a tool for personal growth. Right, but I mean, um, yeah, to be okay. unpacking projections. Yeah, um, sure. What I really see happening is the polarization. So you know, right wingers are Nazis, and Trump is compared to Hitler, and left wingers are Satan worshiper <laughs> pedophiles, and oh, um, are evil socialists wanting to destroy the country. So. In this picture, everybody has been totally dehumanized. Um, yeah, well. it's, it's just caught in this crazy mirror land of everybody projecting and, and reflecting each other's. Well, that, that's at the extremes. But uh, when you're not at the extremes, I'm just saying I'm looking at a platform where people are advocating violence against people who are advocating um, equality. Mm -hmm. So, and that I, advocating for equality does frequently slip into hatred. Well, and that's and I, that's I, something to keep an eye on. Yes, I know that this is like. Uh, a prickly conversation. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, yeah, I'm glad to have it. Uh, because it's, where is that line about freedom of speech? And right. it's tough. It's a tough one. What do we just let people say? Like we see platforms right now dealing with censoring the president. It's not censorship if you point out that, point out uh, a blatant untruth. Yes. That's not censorship. To point out that, that it's just not a fact. I don't see that that's censorship. 
Um, I agree. They point out that it's not a fact. Um, a lot of people have their material removed and deleted, and then it stops mattering. If it was true or whatever, they now have the story that they were shut down. And it, it just digs in deeper and perpetuates. Right. So I don't know what the solution is. Yeah. I'm not saying that those people shouldn't be stopped or, you know, it's terrible. I'm just, when I'm speaking to these concepts of compassion, I'm really just speaking to the people that are ready for it, are in a position to do it, where they feel the resource and the safety to do it. And, and can actually, you know, they have the bandwidth to be reaching into these conversations mm -hmm. and offering listening. Right. We've, because, oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, we've got about three minutes left, just a oh, three, wow. three minute warning. I know it always flies. And so I hope that we have, you know, another uh, conversation uh, about how, psychology and compassion and such relate to our political interactions. Mm -hmm. I hope that we get a, another opportunity to continue these conversations. Uh, but this one is, is, is coming since I'm limited to, you know, we could go on for a long, long time, but the show is an hour long uh, and it, it ends at six. So, um, yes. so we've got, we, we've got another, another, you know, three minutes. And so I know that like people of color, there's been this question for decades of, so what is the appropriate way to show your displeasure? You know, if they're not supposed to protest, they're not supposed to make trouble. They're not supposed to bend a knee. Well, no, they are supposed to. That's the whole point. You know, it's, well, uh, I mean, like in the, the Kaepernick sense, yeah, and, and, and as far as uh, good trouble, like John Lewis always used to say, get in good trouble. Yeah. You know, go go uh, protest on the Edmund Pettus Bridge, even though they're about to beat your head in. Uh, good trouble. That's you got to do that. Uh, if you don't stand up for yourself, then yeah. then it's not you're not you're not gonna gonna break through. So yeah. So the question remains about how are we supposed to do that? <laughs> Get on the streets. I mean, it's tried and true. Um, the the people get change enacted. Yeah, you can go through your government representatives and the, there's there's and the vote and things like that, and that can help. But when those fail and when people are outraged, they got to get in the streets, and that's the only way it happens. That's how the wall came down in Berlin, right? That's how the the communist. Um, uh, regime came down in, in Moscow. Now they're they're kind of back, but but that's how it happened. Right now they're in the streets in um, Belarus because they have a dictator who um, has stayed in power by rigging elections for a couple of decades, you know? And ultimately, and they've succeeded in other places like in Mali, you know, the, the, um, the Arab Spring had some early successes until it was clamped, until it was just murdered. But that's people got to get out in the streets. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so I'll just end with the point. Yeah. Uh, continuing on with what I was saying about the, um, when somebody is, is in the space to be 
offering space. Mm -hmm. It's, it's speaking to individuals in terms of what is the difference that you are making? What is it that you are contributing? And people find ways to say no. Um, I mean, the hope is to do it without violence. And I also see that sometimes it's, you know, screw that. The social contract has been broken. And so people are very upset and needing to make waves. It's just, I, I just implore everybody that I speak to, to keep noticing for themselves what is in alignment with themselves and what's, what's in rapport with their best self. And sometimes that means standing up and screaming no, or whatever needs to happen to set a boundary or respond. Right. Well, let's close with that, that we all need to do what's in alignment with our best selves. Yeah. 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 And so it's just being careful of being sucked into the game of being sucked into the muck and the hatred. Right. Well, thank you again, Lisa Grace, and I hope that we will have you back for a, a fourth appearance on the Richard Rance show before <laughs> well, too thanks, long. thanks, Richard. It's always a pleasure. Interesting stuff. Likewise. It's good to get your perspectives. Um, hey, you too. All right. So let's... Okay. Uh, Talk to you soon, I'm sure. Indeed. Thank you so much. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. And thank you to all my listeners out there in the world of podcasts and in the world of Facebook. Rant and resist. Peace and love.